very good afternoon to you, our cherished and descending listeners. It's another beautiful and blessed Wednesday. And we here at Joy Business are happy to bring you another edition of your favorite business development program on Radio Masterclass. Masterclass is powered by Joy Business and brought to us by Goyle. Goyle, they say good energy. Goyle, Yenara, Yedia. Masterclass is also brought to us by GCB. GCB, your bank for life. My name, as always, is Yabanafo. And I'm happy to bring you today's edition of Masterclass. Um, today's show comes to you with sort of mixed feelings because we ended the Startup Dialogue series last week when we hosted that discussion here on the show with one of the renowned entrepreneurs here in Ghana who is an indigenous business person who has started their own business here in Ghana. Here on the show, we started with the Startup Dialogue series and we spent a lot of time talking about businesses and inspiring Ghanaians to be able to also run their own businesses. We had time to speak to Lloyd Kusi from Penta Foods, whose product was the Gogot product. Good afternoon to you, Lloyd, if you're listening. We also had time to speak to Sewa Jamfiduku of Chop Shop, uh, who was also here on the show, shared her story, inspired many people in that process. Then we went on to speak to Suli Amin Abubakar of Zako, who was also making charcoal for medicinal purposes, charcoal for all sorts of purposes, selling charcoal in all sorts of packaging right here in Ghana from coconut waste, coconut waste, all the coconut husks that we throw away and we do nothing with. Here was a young Ghanaian who was doing something wonderful with that product. And the last week we had a privilege of speaking to Christian Boachi Yadom, who is also otherwise known as the Pizza Man of the Chicken Man. All of these were stories that we brought you here on Masterclass to be able to inspire you and to be able to help you build your businesses. If you're at that point of your business where you thought that, listen, after all that they teach in class, after all the principles of management that they share with us free on Masterclass pro bono, it's difficult to run the reality of business every day. These were stories that came to you, original Ghanaian stories, not imported from anywhere, operating in the same environment that you are to tell you that it's possible they've done it and if they've done it you can also do it today we're sort of back in the classroom if you like and uh, we're going back to how to build a credible business plan if you like business 101 um having heard all the stories of people who have been successful and uh, what they've done and all of that how are you also able to build your business how are you able to surmount the challenge that you have somebody listen to the show and says i listen i want to start over i want to be able to do something for myself somebody said i have stopped i shelved it for a very long time now i want to go back and see if i can start we're looking at running a business if you don't have your own funding to start your own business you're going to be looking for funding from somewhere else either from friends from family or from a company that's willing to lend to you all of these we're going to be talking about here on the show how to build a credible business plan how to position yourself how to become attractive to the person who wants to put money in your business to do this here on the show we have a renowned uh, sorry um a renowned ghanaian who is a financial consultant is also the partner for financial advisory at deloitte ghana is the person of mr yao apia latte good afternoon Yao. you're welcome to today's conversation good afternoon Thank you. I'm happy to have you because I've sort of seen you speak on other platforms and other fora, and uh, you're always a welcome face. It's one of those faces that you meet for the first time and think you've known forever. <laughs> so we're happy to have you here on the show. I mean, obviously, our listeners are business people. Our listeners are ordinary Ghanaians who are building their businesses and trying to make things stick in an otherwise what they refer to as a difficult environment. But difficult or not, it doesn't catch you any slack. Um, the sun rose today. It is going to set. Whether or not you stayed in your bed or you went out to work, the sun is going to set. At the end of the day, there's going to be a reckoning. What do you have to show for the day? It rained a lot yesterday. Whether or not you were able to open your shop, there was a reckoning at the end of the day. If you're a father, you're a provider. You're a breadwinner. Your children or your dependents will be looking at you and thinking, okay, it's end of day. What's going to happen? 
if you were a business owner, your workers were going to say, okay, we've checked in today. It rained, we didn't open shop, but we expect you to pay us for doing literally nothing today. But you, that, that's why you are the business owner. How, as a business owner, do you put together a plan that's credible? That's, I won't say credibility. We're talking about integrity. We're talking about ethics. We're talking about something that's attractive, something that is true. Those are the English explanations yes. I can put to it. But you are the finance person. For the next couple of minutes, talk to us. Help us understand to all of my listeners who are with us this afternoon, how do you put together a credible business plan? Business 101, if you like. And if you just joined us, this is Masterclass. We're also streaming live on Facebook. At some point, we will get interactive, but otherwise, we'll listen to uh, Yao here and as he shared some thoughts with us. Yao, please go ahead. Okay, so thank you very much. I think <clears throat> it's important we put the word credible before the business plan because there are so many people who've got stuff on their laptops in their offices that they call business plans, but they are not business plans. They are so something else. They are something else. <laughs> so there are things that someone has gone to download on the internet, and you see a business plan about a food um, vendor or for a food vendor, and in there it's got an IT information. So you can see the person just did a cut and paste. Mm. So a credible business plan, in business circle, we call it a bankable business plan. That means that it's a business plan that you can use to achieve the objective of a business plan. The main objective of a business plan is to sell a message to an investor or a fund provider that your business is worth investing in. And that is why your business plan has to be credible. Because the person who is giving you the money, the person who is coming to partner with you, the person who is bringing the technology into your business has to uh, understand that one, the people I'm going, to, I'm going to do business with are people who are credible, who've got integrity. And your numbers are not fudged. So you have, you've made profit of 20,000 in the previous year. Because you are in a very difficult situation and you want 1 million Ghana cities instead of a 500,000 that your financial statement is saying you need. You have fudged the numbers. So uh, your sales, you have doubled it. Your pricing, you have increased it. And sometimes what we forget is that inform uh, as we speak, information is readily available. Yes. If you are operating, let's say, in the food manufacturing sector, I can go online. There is a, a um, subscription that we have we can tell the margins that entities who are operating in your sector make on annual basis benchmark on man and benchmarkets. So if you tell me that in your area that you operate in, you are making margin of 50%, the first question I'll ask you, where are you getting your raw materials from? Where are you even selling? Your, who are you selling and who are you selling to? If and you are selling price? them to angels or to... Yes. So I think a lot of people, like I said, have got staff on their laptops, staff in their offices they call business plan, but those are not business plans. They are things that they have, their vision. They are things that they put on paper. Yes, it's good to put your vision on paper, but for it to be credible, it has to go through certain uh, criteria. It has to reflect some hallmark. And then I think that's what we are going to discuss a lot more right. this afternoon. So keep the main things the main thing. And mm -hmm. like you said earlier, the purpose of a business plan is to sell the plan of the business to mm -hmm. an investor, to a yes. would-be investor. If you were an investor, would you put money in the in the business that you know you, you want to set up? If you had a business plan and you were selling this plan to yourself, would you would you put your money in it? It's to be able to convince that person who's listening that listen, 
this is what I'm going to do. It's a great thing. Come along with me and work with me so that we're, we're both able to. And I think that it's absolutely important to be able to keep that in mind. Let's keep the main things the main thing. There's also another point here that sort of came to my mind as you spoke. And it's for us to understand that the terrain and the world at large is changing. So, you know, the cut and paste and the stereotype, it has to also change. The things that you learned in business school, even two years ago, today, they are different. So they le- you learned how to do things in a certain way. Because people are changing and the narrative is changing across the landscapes, the expectation is also changing. Yes. So you cannot use the things you learned in the University of Ghana 2004. Today, you want to write a business plan. You are using mm. the same narrative. Same, yes. it, it is completely obsolete. Yes. Expectations are different. Even you as a customer, your customer behavior has changed. Excellent. It has changed yes. over the last couple That's of That's a very good point. You know, so it's important <clears throat> to understand that things are a bit more fluid now. Mm-hmm. They are changing faster. Mm-hmm. And the relevance is absolutely important. You keep up with the pace or you lose that completely. Yeah. Yeah, That's I'll true. Talk to us. So I think that's a very good point you've made. Um, so business owners are able to tell their story. But I think uh, like you see a lot of people who write books for others, they get the right designers who are able to make the thing a high impact book or out, uh, output. Uh, so you have, you're able to tell your story, get someone to write it and write it well for you. You don't necessarily have to pay so much for someone to design your business plan for you. Um, you would have a business or a manufacturing company. You want to include photos of some sections of your business. Get a professional photographer to take photos, edit them, and put them in a business plan. You know, sometimes I see investors who just see the business plan. They don't read the content. They say, this is good quality. Why? Because the look and feel of the document has made an impact. So that's where you start from. The look and feel of the document that you are sending out should make an impact. And then you come to the content. So in terms of content, there are certain basic things that every business plan should have. First is a profile or a background of the company. So I should be able to understand when you started your operations, how long or how long you've been in business, uh, what products you offer to the market. How long you have been in business is very important, particularly for a lot of investors because uh, the business cycle is such that if you have not been in that business for about three years, you will not appreciate the cycles of your business. Mm-hmm. So if today I am selling nose masks and I, I, wa- I, I want to get financing from a bank, three years ago, nose mask was not something that I mean people were really interested in. Mm-hmm. A year or two ago, people, the demand rose and very significant. Now, the demand for nose mask is not as it was it used to a be. year. That's the thing. So, if you are in the business of nose mask, you should have been operating at least three years. So, for most investors, if you have not been operating for about three years, they see it as a potential risk. After you've gone through the cycle of COVID and post-COVID, then you are able to tell that this is your stable revenue that you can make. There will be a time that there are spikes in your revenue. There will be a time that they'll, they'll drop down in your business. So, that's the background of the company. Secondly, you should also describe your team. Profile of directors. This is where a lot of businesses uh, fall short because it's uh, a time to appoint friends, friends who don't even attend meetings, (laughs) who don't even show up at the office. We have uh, businesses who, instead of engaging professional accountants, 
would want to use some wayside people to come and prepare something for them. And so when the tax authorities are coming, there's a different accountant who comes to prepare. And then when other people are looking for something, he also goes. So you have to get professionals in your team. Your team sells your business. Um, your business can be making profit, but if you have the wrong team, within a period of year or two, it will go down. So you should have a profile of your team, both the management team and the board of directors. Your board of directors should refer, reflect a fair balance, both in gender and background. So you should not have board of directors who are essentially all lawyers, who are all accountants, who are all bankers. It has to be uh, reflect a various background. You should have engineering, you should have rich people, you should have financial people, you should have legal on your board. And so when you sell that to an investor, they get a lot of confidence that these guys uh, really know what they're about and they have the right team. The third one is governance. Mm. You should show who is in charge of what. If you have the right people uh, handling affairs, it gives comfort to investors. It gives comfort to people who want to come into the partnership. Investors, uh, in the context of investors, you're not only talking about people who are bringing money. There are people who are bringing technology. They are bringing technical know-how into your business. So if there's a proper governance system, it gives comfort to them. You should have proper corporate governance. And I think uh, the last few years in Ghana here, we have always been talking about bad corporate governance that has mm -hmm. led to failure of some banks. That is because, obviously, uh, we didn't have the right governance framework. People were not monitoring who was in charge of what and so on and so forth. So you should have a proper governance framework. And then we have the product and services. If you are selling services, if you are a hotel, if you are into consultancy, if you are providing any form of service, um, you should be able to describe all the services that you are uh, offering. Same with your products. So what type of products you have, if you say baby uh, food, you should describe all the different types of baby food that you have. And sometimes where you are getting the baby food from. Uh, currently or recently, we know that for certain countries, when you import certain products, it's considered as inferior. So someone will say, my product, my baby products are all European. That is able to sell the business relative to someone who says he's getting from another territory. So that's a very important thing to, to describe. And then you have what we call procurement and manufacturing strategy. So if you are a manufacturing business, where do you source your raw materials from? You can make a very good point that you are doing local content all your raw materials are sourced locally. That is a very good point to sell. It's a very good selling point because you are not exposed to the exchange rate. For someone who says, I import all my raw materials, the person, for every depreciation of the currency, the person suffers. And so you would have to go through the, that issue of, or the head, that headache of trying to resolve the currency issue. Then the uh, second or the next point is your clients or your customers. Who are your customers and your clients? I think one thing that you should be mindful of is as a business, if you have what we call concentration risk with one client, you have to find a way to resolve that issue. For most business, let's say you sell books and you sign on to a contract with a particular uh, school that for every academic year, you are the one who supplies the books to the school. Tomorrow, if they, there's a change in administration, they change the headmaster, they change the headmistress in that school, and the person or the headmistress decides to buy from somewhere else, you've lost your business, you don't have any business. So you should avoid concentration risk. Your clients and your customers should be various or should be varied. So you should avoid a situation where there's only one client that's bringing you more than 50% of your sales revenue. If you have that situation, work towards 
diversifying your client or your portfolio of customers then the next one is your marketing strategy how do you get your product to your customers uh, lately there are cheaper ways to market and i think COVID has taught us and has pushed us to be uh, strategic in our marketing efforts so um i recall a friend of mine started a business and he said he's going to raise uh, he needed two thousand ghana cities to pay a radio station to start advertising his product i'm like oh really and he was going to borrow that money to be able to do that i'm like your business actually need that money not the radio station or the tv station that you're going to advertise on if you deliver quality it will drive customers to your business and so don't be so particular about advertising when your business gets to a certain level you will see that paying for the cost of adverts whether on joy fm joy news and all will be so cheap and so easy for you to pay because it will not be a burden for you but if you're a startup you should consider the ways or cheaper ways of advertising now you can advertise on platforms you can advertise on social media and these are not paid for all you need is data and you are just uh, on the go now the last is competition uh, for most investors that we interact with anytime we sell the idea that there's a business that they should invest in the first question they ask is what is their market share so if you are a water producing company there are a lot of water producing companies in ghana here so what's your market share in fact some investors are so particular that they ask what's their market share in greater accra what's their market share in uh, uh ashanti region what's their market share in they don't want Nordic a blanket region. ombudsman that's the thing so if you sit in accra here you say you have 50 percent of the market and then you drive to kufuridu and you don't see any of your product then really you don't have the 50 percent of the market as you say because you only have 50 percent of accra market share and not ghana's market share so competition is very important and the competition uh, issue is driven by one key concern to investors who controls the price in let's say water manufacturing company using that example there is a particular manufacturer of water that controls the price tomorrow if they decide to sell their medium water bottles for two cities all others will follow if you decide to sell yours for three cities nobody will buy and so they are the market leaders they control the market so if you have a significant proportion of the market you control the price you control the movement of goods and services you control a lot of the stuff so you should be mindful of what competitors are doing or what they intend to do and then the last thing i also want to be sure or i want a lot of um, listeners to be mindful of what we call regulation or laws as we speak government may be considering a bill that is likely to affect your business you should be looking out for those regulations or laws that are yet to come. I'll give you a very good example. A friend of mine started a business with a, another colleague in Kenya. Unknown to them, the Kenyan government uh, had or was in the process of passing a bill that was going to ban distribution of food and then beverages in sachet water. And they enforced that law. So distribution of food and beverages in sachet water were banned in Kenya. And their business was going to be distribution of food and beverages in sachet water. And so as soon as the wow. law came into force, they didn't have the business. It was dead in the water. Yes. So there's something that the investors are mindful of is who are the regulators in your sector and what kind of law is coming up that's likely to affect your business. So your business plan should be speaking to all these areas. And when you put a business plan on the table, like I said, 
uh, a lot of the people who are listening to us, they, they, I'm sure they now know that they don't have a business plan anymore <laughs> because they didn't have, uh, if they were scoring themselves, if it's one over 10, I'm sure some of them will score two or three or something. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so I think it's something that we should be mindful of all these points that I've made. I don't see projections for business volumes within, you know, sometimes they'll tell you when you go to some of these consultants, they'll tell you, um, what is your projection for the first couple of years? If I give you this money, what are your projections, X, Y, Z? Where does that fit into this Excellent. process? Good. So I think that is what we call the um, financial components of your business plan. Right. So what I've just described is what we call the abstract, the story, telling your story. Okay. The financial uh, projection or your financial results it's also a different category of it. So for most uh, business plans that are of very strong uh, value, what they do is that there is a separate financial model or financial projection in Excel that is sent together with the business plan document. Right. Because I want to understand for the last three years how much revenue you have made and then going forward how much you project to make. So your financial projection actually captures your historical financial performance and your projected financial performance. So at the revenue level, make sure you have described to the investor at a granular, on a granular basis, your price and quantity. Every business that is listening or every business that's in Ghana or the world over has two components on revenue or their income. It's what we call the price and quantity or volume and fees and charges so if you are operating in the hotel sector the first one is your occupancy how many rooms do you have i have twenty thousand rooms how much do you charge in your standard room what's your occupancy rate so these are the things that affect your price and quantity if you are selling water how much how many units do you want to sell in curtains in <coughs> bottles and all so that's what that's your price and quantity then you you come to your costs we have what we call cost of sales or direct costs. Your cost components should also describe what your direct costs are. So if you are manufacturing, your direct costs are your cost of the raw materials. Now, if you are sourcing your raw materials... overheads um, <clears throat> form part of the direct costs? No. So your overheads will come after the direct costs. Right. So your direct costs are those that can, we say, directly attributable to the product that you are sending to the market. Okay. So... You buy a raw materials. The raw materials so are part bottles, of the if product. I may be sub yes. seller, for example, <clears throat> the the empty bottles are the empty buy. bottles are yes. The and the then ingredients. the ingredients you buy, all the ginger and all those things that you put in your sobolo, yeah. they are all part of your direct cost. Right. <clears throat> and then, so like I said, your direct cost is a, a something that will drive your selling price. Right. Remember, if your raw materials cost you one CD you can only sell your product for one CD 20 pesos or one CD 50 pesos or something. So if you are sourcing your raw materials... Yeah, Ghana, Ghana, they sell it for three CDs. So if they yes, that one CD, that's the thing. Supernormal so what that means is that if that's the driver of your price, make sure you control your direct cost. If you don't control your direct cost, your product will be too expensive. So imagine your competitors are selling it for one CD 50 pesos and your direct cost alone is one CD 50 pesos. It means that if you go to market, you are not going to make any margins yeah. or profits. Yeah. So you have to watch your direct cost. Like I said, uh, some raw materials can be sourced locally. It can be sourced from the market or the environment that you find yourself. So try and then make sure you are managing your direct cost. So your raw materials for your sobolo, make sure you are buying them from around. Or you are buying them in large quantities to take advantage of discount. So if it's ginger that you need, 
you buy bags of uh, buy in bulk Taking so that you take advantage shelf life. shelf life and all then you can manufacture if you just wait so when you are in dire need of it and you go to market you'll be shortchanged and your, your diet cost is going to be too high then we come to what we call the overheads mm. or sg and a in accounting we call it sgna it means selling general and administrative expenses or what we call overheads so those are the things that are not directly attributable to the product that's going to the market so without if you have an accountant which, without which the product the product also. cannot go to the market so we i mean the name speaks for itself selling general and administrative expenses so selling <clears throat> if you decide to market it you decide to print a leaflet you decide to print a flyer all those are overheads. You decide to employ an accountant to come and help you pay your account. That's an overhead cost. And then you have administration expenses. So the things, your stationery and all the stuff that you have in your office, they are selling administrative expenses. And then you get your profit. Okay. Now, what's important is that uh, over time, you'll be buying what you call fixed assets. Make sure that the fixed assets that you bought, you are not charging all of them in one financial year. So if you buy a car, don't say, I sold, um, uh, let's say, Sobolo, 20,000 Ghana cities the whole year. But I bought a car that cost me 25,000 because you were distributing with an Uber vehicle and so, or some Toyota vehicles at small size, and then you bought for 25,000. So when you did that, your sales of 20,000, or is that your Uber or the vehicle cost of 25,000 from the sales of 20,000, you made a, a loss? A loss. No. The vehicle is supposed to be depreciated over a certain period, let's say four years. Four years so make sure you charge a portion of it in that financial year. I think that's very important. But I think uh, that shouldn't be your headache if you have an accountant or a professional who is helping you prepare your projection. Uh, I think th where I've seen a lot of risk in business plan is this projection. Mm. One, the projections are not granular. So he's not telling how much he's selling his product for. He's not telling how many quantities he's selling for. All that he says is that organic inflation is down 25%. So next year, my sales is going to increase by 25%. It doesn't work like that. Yeah. How many bottles are you going to sell in the year? And how much are you going to sell them for? It has to be granular. You're going to work your way to achieving that. To achieve that. I mean, I, I, I give you an example. There was someone here on the show, I think last week, mm -hmm. was talking about the first business they got. Mm -hmm. And they went to pizza. They were mm -hmm. talking about, instead of doing pizza in boxes, they were doing pizza. I think it was Christian. Christian, good afternoon to you. Mm -hmm. He says they decided to do uh, pizza in slices. Okay. And the first order was a thousand pieces of pizza. Wow. Now, they didn't ask themselves, how are we going to do it? Yeah. They thought, we've only received... And the, the largest order we've got was probably like uh, 75 pieces or 100 pieces. Yes. So 1,000 is huge. We can do it. Yes. They didn't ask the how question. Yes. So long story short, they spent a whole time preparing and they came up with 350 slices. Wow. But that was them maxing out yes. of their capacity. And yes. that brings it back to the point you are making mm -hmm. that when you look at the how and you are granular, data is what it is. Mm -hmm. It doesn't lie. Yeah. You will not punch above your weight. Mm -hmm. And even if you are, there are accepted margins of, of deviation. Mm -hmm. So you don't say that I'm, I'm, I can do a thousand when you can do 350. Your projections will tell you how much you can do based on the how. Yes. Yes. And I just want us to hit that and, a bit and more. Yes. So, so, yeah, so I, I, think, I think that's very important because a lot of businesses, even when they are taking orders, are not mindful of their constraint. So in business, you call, we call what, limiting factors. If you say that you'll be able to supply someone, let's say, 50,000 bags of maize because you have been importing from, like, Kintampo or somewhere in the north, and your warehouse can only take 20,000 at a time, 
it means that you should factor in the cost of renting an extra warehouse. And so as businesses, we should be able to tell our story because your story uh, is what you are speaking through your financial statement. I'll also give you an example of uh, someone who is also doing a pharmaceutical business, mm -hmm. very small one. He only has two outlets. Now, when he did his projections, he was projecting to add three more outlets. So the question I asked him was, how much does it cost to set up another outlet? It's 150% of what he was doing. Yes. So he says that for every new outlet I add, I get an increase in my top line by 25%. The investors were so impressed. You can see that every time he opens a new shop, his sales increase by a certain percentage. And so he says that if he's adding five more, his sales should increase by a corresponding percentage. It's not just simple proportions. Yes. It? So he, you are able to tell that story. You don't just put some blanket statement and say, oh, every year I'll grow my sales by 50%. It has to be granular. It has to be driven by a certain quantity. That's. Uh, I'm going to be asking you a question about partnerships <clears throat> on the issue of background very shortly. <laughs> I'm de deliberately keeping the conversation simple because yeah. today we're focusing on how to build a credible business yes. plan. I think it's absolutely important that people understand the yeah. processes of doing it and doing it right yes. so that we're able to get all the benefit from it. We want to take a quick message from our sponsors. When we come back, we'll get interactive and we'll get our listeners to be a part of this conversation. But before that, we'll take a quick message. We'll be right back. favorite on-air business development program, Joy Business Masterclass, is in session. And you can interact with us on Facebook via the Joy 99.7 FM or Joy Business pages. If you tweet, the handle is at Joy 997 FM or at Joy Business GH. Don't forget to hashtag JB Masterclass. You can also call us on 0302-216541 or send your questions and contributions through to the WhatsApp number 551 97 and our facilitators will address your concerns. Attention everyone, class is in progress. Welcome back. If you've just tuned in, this is Masterclass here on your Superstation. I'm spending time with Yao Apialati of Deloitte, Ghana. And we're talking about how to build a credible business plan. Phone lines are now open. Numbers to call 0302216541. That's 0302216541. You can also send us your comments on 0551111997. That's 0551111997. Like we always say here on the show, life is too short to make all the mistakes yourself. So let's learn from each other. Pick up that phone, give us a call. We're back to the classroom. Business 101, how to build a credible business plan. How did you build your business plan when you started? What has changed now based on what you've heard so far? And what other things can you add to this conversation so that others who are listening can become better for it? We're waiting for the phone lines to ring. Numbers to call 0302-216541. Before the phone lines ring though, if you've got any motor vehicle of any kind, Goyle has great news for you. Goyle is rewarding all of its prepaying Go customers with up to 2% liter discount on all fuel purchased elevate your goodness by joining the goyle go club today and enjoy up to three pesos liter discount on all fuel purchased visit any goyle filling station or go to the goyle website at registration.goyle.com.gh goyle good energy goyle phone lines are open today's show is brought to us by goyle good energy and also brought to us by GCB, GCB, your bank for life. Numbers to call again, 0302216541. I've got a caller on the line. Good afternoon. You're welcome to Masterclass. Your name and uh, where yeah, you're calling from. Yeah, my name from. is William. Yes, good afternoon. Talk to me, my brother. Your name and where you're calling from. Yeah, I'm called William. I'm calling from Tema. Good afternoon, William. How is Tema this afternoon? 
Yeah, we, we, it's very sunny. <laughs> <laughs> very sunny. <laughs> yeah. We thank God. Yeah. We thank God. Talk yeah. to me, William. All right. So I want to know if there is a, a consultant or maybe your your host there has a consultant where we can go to get proper understanding of the business plan, no matter you're talking about. The answer is yes, but I'll let them talk about um, uh, Ghana. Yes? Yes. Right. <coughs> yeah, so that's a very good question. Um, so Deloitte, we have uh, we got a program that was sponsored by MasterCard to advise SMEs on how to build business plan, mm. how to assess market and all. So uh, they can reach out or they can come to our offices. If you register you and you are part of the SME program, mm. we help. I think these are, these are done for free, actually. Okay. And you'll be amazed when we did it for free. People still uh, feel to show up. Or no, but my listeners yes. on Masterclass, they'll come. They'll come. Okay. They'll come. So they How do they come. find you? Yeah, so we are on the George Walker Bush Highway. Uh, next to the Taylor building. So um, on your way, uh, uh, let's say, um, down the motorway extension, you can find oh, the Deloitte. Or just go on Google. Yeah, These go days on Google, you can find yes, everything yes, on Google. So you call it the Deloitte place. Yes, right, so okay. Come. I've got another caller on the line. Good afternoon. You're welcome to Masterclass. Your name and where you're calling. Yeah, good afternoon. Bro. I hope you're doing well. I'm well, thank you. My, your name, sir? Yeah. Oh, my brother, how are you? I'm very strong. <laughs> Talk to me. Yeah, uh, thank you and thank you for your guest for taking the time to explain to us. Right. But um, my small question is, you're talking about buying our ingredients or the things that you may need to prepare whatever largely so that you get discounts and it will be a profit. My business is small such that if I'm to buy that large quantity of ingredients, it will not be helpful or it might end up uh, rotten. So for this matter, I need to, do I need to increase my customer base already before doing this business because uh, though I need to buy them in bulk, but what of the business is small, how do I go with this bulk purchase? Right, okay, brilliant question. Just keep listening, we'll try and answer that. Um, Ajima Joseph wants to know um, the, the, the suggestion we made about bulk purchases. I know it's relevant to context, yes. but just quickly, if you can just answer that for him, I've got another caller. Yeah, okay, so that's that's important. So I think you don't need to buy in bulk if your demand is uh, at a certain level. Yeah. So just monitor your stock and make sure you are buying to meet your demand. Okay. And also sign on long term contract with your suppliers so that at least you have. Uh, you always have access to it when you order for it. Okay, I've yeah. got another caller on the line. Good afternoon. Welcome to Masterclass. Your name and where you're calling from. So my name is Charlotte. I'm calling from Manchester. Right, Charlotte, talk to me. You're welcome to Masterclass. I have a business plan in place. I'm not looking at any investors, but you know, business deterrent, the business rules, how you make business fluid. And you're looking at the profile of company. Uh, you are looking at uh, getting professionals on the team and others. Can you really advise governance issues and all? Sorry, Charlotte, I think your line was not too clear, but if I cut a bit of it, uh, you were going through the list that he had shared today and you wanted a bit more information on that. If that's correct, you can just send us a message to confirm so that we can Yes, do I'm that saying that I run a business. A right. Church. Right. It's a small proprietorship. So, right. you know, how do I put... I'm trying to place what you are discussing into this. I have a business plan in place, but I'm trying to see how I'll place them in. Maybe this relates to what you're doing. 
Okay, all right. Please keep listening. We'll try and answer that. So she wants to know, you know, the um, we just sort of put mm. up a bit of a, a bit of a profile yeah. on on how to write a credible business plan. Yes. She runs a school already. She wants to know how this situates in her context. So, for example, if she were doing this all over again, if she were starting and she was, she was going to look for financing, mm-hmm. how do these pointers, the governance framework, products and services, procurement, concentration risk, market strategy, how do they relate to her specific situation? Yes, yeah, so that, that's a very important question. So I can uh, put it in the context yeah. in which she's asked the question. So first, your, you start with your products. Your products are the schools or the uh, curricula that you offer in your school. Yeah. So you are using the, training the, that Ghana, offer, yeah. Yeah, the training that you offer. So if, let's say, it's only for uh, nursery, primary, GSS, just indicate that those are your products. Yeah. And then you would have a description of the school. So you have to describe the school, the background, where you started the school and all. Your team are your staff. So you would have some staff members who have certain qualifications. That is an international qualification and so on. So you should be able to describe that. And then you come to the key uh, regulations. You are regulated by Ghana Education Service. You will probably be certified by the Ghana Education Board or Ghana Education Service. Indicates all of that. So I think it's just being able to transfer Maybe that your to meet strategy. your marketing strategy. How are you putting system. yourself out there? So Is it on Facebook? Are you on Facebook, doing media? Yeah. Are you announcing? And your competition, what are the other schools available within your doing and all and all that? And what kind of um, strategy you have to bring yes. the kids on board? So some of them, they also have like siblings arrangement. So if you bring your other siblings, there's a discount for that. And so those are all your marketing strategies. And she strategies. mentioned governance framework. What is the governance system? The headmaster is the one with authority. When she's yeah. not there, who else handles what? Yes. Is there a segregation of duty? Yeah. Finance is not, everything is not headmaster. And who are the board members exactly. in your school? Because that's very, very important. I mean, they, they, there has to be this and the board members sometimes that implement this discipline. Okay, all right. I hope we've been able to help a bit, Charlotte. Um, I've got another caller on the line. Good afternoon. You're welcome to Masterclass. Your name and where you're calling from. Yes, um, good afternoon. And my name is Michael. Good afternoon, Michael. Talk to me. Yes. Um, I, I, I have set up a shop. And the shop has cost me so much that after finishing the shop, the only money I have left is 5000 Now... I want to sell liquor, like going to buy um, uh, liquor products and then selling it. I did not open a bar, not a drinking bar, but a liquor. Now, when I went to the market, I realized that the 5000 that I have is, is, is way, way, way inadequate. And I am thinking of entering into a partnership with someone so that we can have the thing started. But I've, I hear your guest saying that it is better for it is better to get an accountant to put their business into better perspective. So now I'm at a loss. I don't know what to do. The five thousand is inadequate to get a product. So now my question to your guest is that should I still stick with the five thousand and go for the product? Or I should go for the partnership? Or what should I do? Okay, brilliant question. Please keep listening. Can we do this in 30 seconds? I've got a few more comments on social media. Okay, good. So there are so many ways of um, starting your business. And I think your 5,000 may be inadequate because after buying the product, you have to market. You have to find a place to store them. So please consider partnership. But whenever you are considering partnership, don't go for any debt. It's too early to borrow from someone. Bring a partner who is ready to share the risk with you. 
he says that okay have 40 percent and let me take 60 percent so you give 40 percent to the person the person brings some money so your five thousand the person can bring four thousand the person can bring another five thousand and you start the business so go for equity when you are starting a business where the person is ready to share the risk with you rather than right from day one you are paying interest so that's an option that i've got a last call yeah. good afternoon you welcome to master class okay i think i've lost that call but i've got questions on uh, social media this is from rukaya inside her so good afternoon y'all great education today please what is the difference between a business plan and a strategic plan excellent question so i think <clears throat> a lot of um, business owners have got strategic plan strategic plan is a rolling business plan so year on year you update the strategic plan to fit a particular year but a business plan you prepare for a short-term period for a purpose so you are either going to use it to raise capital you are using it to re, uh, bring a partner into the business and all so once that is done the business plan needs to be updated or you have to use it for a different purpose but a strategic plan is prepared year on year so for most business or corporate institution they go out what they call strategy session they go to a course or more brew or somewhere after they've gone to that session they come back with a strategic plan which is going to uh, what we call execution plan for the financial year so right from january to december what they are going to do to achieve their targets their plans and so on and so forth so strategic plan is more like a rolling business plan which is updated year on year so a business plan <coughs> is a purpose-driven document <coughs> to achieve a specific yeah. purpose a strategic plan is a rolling business plan i like mm. that yeah. uh, this uh, one is from adam from tema good afternoon to you adam thanks for the refresher course on how we can properly prepare a bankable business plan thanks for the composition of the board to cover all key professionals lastly regulations and corporate governance part for me is key to performance and to avoid conflict of interest instances i congratulate our experts a resource expect for a smooth delivery. Thank you very much. That was Edem from Tema. I've got a few more comments on social media. Um, this one is from Na from Spintex. Now I'm waiting for the day you call me. Na says, wow, this is a thorough class, but I've learned so much. His point about upcoming laws and regulations is going to make, is going to be made more real in Ghana. But government says they are considering taxing people who advertise <laughs> on social media. Some of us have started rethinking and replanning then about all the different people needed in the business from different fields can't one be a jack of all trades and still be a viable business for investors question for example i may have training and a certified degree in design marketing and accounting etc do i need to employ people for the things i can do myself so she asked two <coughs> questions can she be a jack of all trades that she needs to employ people for the things you can do herself you can just do that for me in about 30 oh, seconds okay so thank you very much so you can be a jack of all trades and i think there are so many people who are who have different who are wearing different hats we call it so they are lawyers they are accountants and they are also business advisors but i tell you you can't do all of it at the same time sometimes there's a legal document that has been sent to you and there's a transaction lawyer in on your board he's able to see it better than you because probably you are a lawyer but you do a lot more litigation and the transaction lawyer is able to review that document and so it's better to bring people from diverse background and the second uh, reason or advantage of that is they come with an independent view sometimes a business owners if you want to buy an asset or you want to buy a car you are so fixated on it that you just go and buy someone says look this car uh, it's not quality. It cannot even be used for the purpose for which you are buying. So you have independent people on the board who are independent-minded. They are not going so to... So there are benefits to, that, that come to play yes. when you get other people involved. Other people. So you need to bring other people. Independent of opinion and of thought. Brings yes. integrity. And my process. point, to address your point, you don't need to employ them. 
you they are your board members so occasionally i i was sitting on a board where you used to meet on sundays after church and it was convenient for all the board members yeah. so just it's a convenient time for the board members you don't need to employ or pay them yeah. for the first one year because it was a friend you were not taking anything yeah. so just talk to your friends who are ready to help you grow your business great yeah. i've got frederick from OEBST. frederick says great program please let him go over the areas of the business plan <clears throat> Uh, the areas the business business plan must cover for me i got distracted along the way i think you talked about having your background which is where your business has started from mm -hmm. the team that you have in place mm -hmm. your governance framework your products and your services your procurement and manufacturing policy the concentration risk looking at not putting all your eggs in one basket diversifying that so that if something hits you you're able to rise again your marketing strategy the competition